Let me introduce you to this episode's sponsor. It's 97th Floor, an award-winning Moz-recommended digital marketing agency located in Lehigh, Utah, and Orange County, California. They're known for driving bottom-line value results for clients like Pluralsight, Dell, and Salesforce. Visit 97thfloor.com to learn more. Hello! <laughs> it's always good to awkwardly laugh at the very beginning of an episode. Welcome back. John, Brandon, howdy doody. Doody howdy. Howdy ho. Hey. All right, all right, all right, that's enough. <laughs> hey, you guys, this episode is episode 411. In other words, the 411. The 411. So we're going to give the 411. This episode is dedicated to the small business owners of America. How about this for a title? The 411 Every Small Business Owner Needs to Market Their Business. That sounds like it would not make it to BuzzFeed. Okay. That's good. That's I take that as a compliment. Do you remember <laughs> that contest we did to determine Whose the titles readabil- were the best? Yeah, what, yeah what, and I always won, yeah, right? Yeah. You did always win. What, what was that measuring? Readability? Interest level? Virality. Oh, was that what it was? Yeah, Virality? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, so, so if you want this podcast to go viral, you can think about my suggestion. Yeah, think about it for half a second and then toss it aside because of how garbage it was. All right, so just to give you an idea, uh, we have a lot of small business owners that listen to the show. And we want to recognize that by dedicating an entire episode to small businesses. I've put together and compiled a list that was compiled by someone else. And I compiled the pages after I printed them and I put them in my book. And we're going to talk about them today. But the, the, the statistics we're going to go over and talk through are very specific to business owners and digital marketing. How many business owners, small business owners, are using digital marketing? What type of channels they're focusing on? And where the biggest gaps are. And if you're listening right now, I imagine if you're that far, you're probably pretty savvy. But hopefully you'll learn a thing or two as we go over the next 50 minutes of small business digital marketing stuff. So this episode is for you, small business owners. Let's get started. Ching. <laughs> Am I supposed to put a comment in there? <laughs> yeah, that's the always the closeout. <laughs> My favorite thing is when you like sing the intro song. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I don't remember our I remember I always think of our like old... Mario Brothers. <laughs> do, 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 I always do, think do, of do, our do. old music still. Do, 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 yeah. do, do. Okay. Do, do. Let's start do, with current events. There it is. Okay. Current events. Uh, this section, this segment of the podcast is going to be pretty short. We've got a few little stories. Hopefully, it won't take too much time. Johnny, be good. Sh- take us away. All right, current events. Um, we are going to start with Kickstarter. So, Outside Magazine posted an article today, fresh off the press. Why do you think Outside? I was just Online thinking that is publishing something about Kickstarter. That's why I wanted to bring it up to you guys. I wondered what your take was on outside caring about Kickstarter. You know, fun side story here. I My first clients in digital marketing, literally, when I first got into digital marketing, the very first clients I had, do you remember, Brandon? 
Your very first client? My very first client. The, the, the category or industry they were in. Uh, emergency preparedness? Emergency, yeah, food storage, emergency yes. preparedness. That's exactly right. That was my life. I created a persona named Brandon. Uh, something Flynn. Lee Flynn. He's doing good. This is, this is going back a few I years. I sat right man. next to him. Lee Flynn <laughs> was a persona I created specifically for food storage and emergency preparedness. I created a partnership with Outside Magazine. And I had a story published, and I'm pretty sure it got printed in their actual magazine, which I didn't care that much about because there's no links in magazines, but I think that it also made it into their online website. That you made also me sound got like your, I don't know what I'm talking about. Their online website. You also had your Lee Flynn persona invited to speak at a conference. That's right? true. Yeah. So you know what? After that, was that, a successful persona. Oh, seriously. After that, I was like, dude, we need to make this guy legit. So this is a true story. I made uh, a genealogy family tree for this guy. He had a pedigree. Lee Flynn had a pedigree. Ancestry.com. Fake news. Fake news. Because okay. of Jacob. So uh, that's a cool story. Outside is a big, I mean, when it comes to outdoorsy type stuff, outside is, is huge. So, okay, back to, big, uh, to Kickstarter. Outside Magazine published an article called How Big is Too Big for Kickstarter? Crowdfunding was intended for startups. Should they keep using the platform when they grew, grow up? What do you think, John? You know, like, if the, the avenue's there, yeah, keep did using it. Did you actually it. read this? I did. I didn't. What's it about? Pretty much, it's just talking about different brands who started out in Kickstarter and continue to do product launches through Kickstarter. Did it explain why outside magazine was publishing something on kickstarter not really it mostly focused on outdoor brands so that's where a lot of companies for instance kotopaxi they mentioned in the article at the is that end. true kotopaxi started on kickstarter it did oh. well indiegogo actually see yeah same thing pretty much yeah i love kotopaxi i know you do i love kotopaxi okay was that was that the current event for the story is, think? if you're outside magazine, what the H are you doing publishing <laughs> stories about Kickstarter? I think they're just, That's the real story they're there. They're building out their audience, man. But, oh, come on. That's Kick- a, Go ahead. Sorry. Kickstarter I, is being... And I think that's what they're getting at. Like, I remember when we were at 90 Cent Floor, um, some big like movie production company rebooted like an old show, right, trying to raise like a million dollars or something like that. Yeah, it was uh, Veronica Mars. Yes. Yep. So that's an example of, okay, you're a big motion picture studio. You clearly have the money. Why fundraise? And I think that's the question that uh, these this article is asking. But I personally well, hang don't on, see hang it on just as... Because I think yes. Veronica Mars was bypassing the production company altogether. I think that's why they went to Kickstarter. Yeah, I think they got canceled, so they went to it because they had such a cult following. The, the, show, the show didn't get canceled. The show ended. Mm. Like, they ended the show. It had, like, five or six seasons. But then uh, fans wanted a movie, yeah. so they didn't bring back the show. They made a movie, and the director or creator, he went on Kickstarter and said, listen, I'm willing to do this, but we're going to have to do this out of pocket. So if I get $2 million, I will make this video, or I will make this movie. And they, and they, made, they broke records. They made the $2 million in like 24 hours or something like that. But anyway, let's say I'm, Let's say I'm a company. Just get your facts straight. I'm doing uh, $15 million a year in revenue. We sell three products, and I want to introduce a fourth. Maybe it's the new jacket to go with Purple. my line. Purple has used Kickstarter to create like their pillow. Their pillow started on Perfect Kickstarter. Perfect example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you view that as, guys, what are you using Kickstarter for? This is for the little people. Or do you look at it and say, hey, 
This is awesome. I think it's awesome. I think so, too. I think so, too. It only supports Kickstarter. I look at Kickstarter, and I think a lot of people just, they think of Kickstarter as like, oh, I'm, I'm helping you out, giving you a little donation to get started. Really, it's just a pre-ordering website. That's you have a product idea, into, huh? and you donate, and you get this. You donate this much, we'll throw in this. Have you ever spent money on Kickstarter? Have you ever supported a campaign? I've never supported a campaign. Have you, John? Yeah, like, like four times. What? Um, so I had a couple of friends do some projects. One was for this neck pillow that was supposed to help your neck sleep on airplanes. It sucked. Didn't work. <laughs> How <laughs> much did you it. spend on that? It was like 15 bucks. 15 bucks. Gosh, you're cheap, man. I know, man. Just kidding. That's so a high roller. I contributed to coin. You remember coin? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The debit card that holds all your debit cards. That was a total flop. Yep. Although coin got bought out by someone. I don't remember. Anyway, that was one of the worst experiences. Yeah, I, I contributed to Kickstarter, and literally two years later, I got the I got the product. This wallet that I still use. This I, wallet that nobody can see. Let <laughs> me tell you what it looks like. It is a piece of metal with a strap on each side. Oh, one an side elastic is, band. Yep. One side holds money perfectly folded in half. The other holds credit cards perfectly in sync. So what if you want to get the middle card out? How much of a hassle out. is that? <laughs> it's kind of a hassle. <laughs> anyway, that was Kickstarter. That was, and I actually did this video for them. Their Kickstarter video, I filmed it for. What's them. it called? Um, framed. Framed. They're they don't framed sell anymore. wallets. Yeah, framed they don't wallets. sell them anymore. Nope. Why? Uh, he got a real job, and people had a hard time getting the middle card out. That's why <laughs> it's the middle card. Yeah, they realized, Anyways. oh crap, I can't pay for anything. <laughs> no, it's great, man. <laughs> got to get the cards out one by I one. I enjoy it. So you'd like it. You yeah. like it. Filmed the video. It was fun. Okay. It's a very minimalistic wallet. I'm a minimalistic guy. I, I made my own wallet out of duct tape, but it's a perfect replica of my previous wallet that I loved. Okay. So that's Kickstarter. We spent too much time on that. Okay. What's Sorry, next? everybody. Why don't we do a little TBT? TBT. Throwback Thursday? Yeah. All right. So this, if, if, you, if, you, if, listen, if you're listening right now and you hate this idea, let us know. If you love this idea, let us know. If you're just neutral, then who cares? So we have we have a an article here that was just posted on Reddit that comes from a marketing campaign that happened in 19... 19- Are you serious? <laughs> I'm pulling up the article, man. <laughs> Chill out. Uh, a marketing campaign that happened in 1987, and it spawned this idea of TBT, where every... We record on Thursdays. That's why it's okay. Uh where every once in a while we pull, I don't know if this will be weekly, but we pull a marketing campaign that was successful sometime in the past and we share it and talk about any insights that we pull from it. This is the first time that we're doing it, so who who knows if it'll show or if it'll work out. But to introduce you to the topic, the article is, first of all, it's from Atlas Obscura. The title is, in 1987, Heineken tried to convince beer drinkers that Corona was actually urine. Turns out Heineken is the original mean girl. All right. Go ahead, Johnny. All right. So back, just like the article title said, in 1987, Heineken started propagating the web. Well, exactly no web for that matter. But anyways, started pushing out content saying that Corona was just urine manufactured in Mexico and that Mexican workers were just peeing into the bottles. This had such a good effect that sales in a lot of their local markets dropped by 80%. Dude, that is so awesome. 
first of all, Corona, for those of you that don't know this, uh, started in 1979. So this is less than 10 years after Corona had, uh, had come to be. And they rose to the number two most sold beer in America as being like the, uh, mostly in California because it has that, that coastal beach brand, right? Where if you're a surfer and you're, you're like in Venice beach, you're drinking Corona. So Heineken, who was the number one spot is the one who came up with this campaign. It is hilarious. You guys weren't even born in 1987. So I'm the only one who was around to experience <laughs> this marketing campaign that I didn't hear about until about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> anyway, Brandon, thoughts? Uh, I, it's, it's very interesting. Tell me again. Tell Nothing me again, profound. Uh, John, how, how they did it. You said something about... Oh, they whisper. So beer distributors whispered that mm-hmm. Mexican workers used beer containers destined to be exported to the USS for urinals. <laughs> Holy cow. The funny thing is now in the Urban Dictionary, you just go to Urban Dictionary, uh, Mexican piss water is a derogatory name for Corona. Old rumors die hard. So Michael Mazzoni, okay, uh, of Barton Beers, the company that distributed Corona, was so panicked he decided to investigate into the matter to see in what way the company's reputation could be salvaged. He somehow managed to trace the rumor back to one of Heineken's re- retailers, Lucen Sun Inc., who were eager to chip away at Corona's growing market share. And then they sold. Uh, then they sued for three million dollars. A settlement was reached. So, I don't know if it w- it probably was still worth it to Heineken. Three million dollars. Super Bowl commercials now cost way less than that. Super, no, way more than that. All right, yeah, that's it's fine. Fi- over five million dollars for a thirty-second spot yeah. this year. So, Dang. well done. Whew! All right, so that's TBT. Was there anything else? Or are we moving on? Let's move on. Let's go to the four one one. All right, the four one one. All right, small business owners, this is when you want to turn up the volume. Turn up the volume. Grab some popcorn. Turn down the speed from your 1.5 or 2x. Put come, on the PJs. Come, come down to 1x because this is the important do stuff. Do you listen to shows like that? No, but a lot of people do. Yeah. I do 2x. Hey, you know what? Here's something interesting. Uh, I was just thinking the other day. YouTube watch time, right, is is valued. If you tell your listeners to, hey, if you want to go through this faster, listen at the uh, 2 times speed, or 1.5, does that equate to the same amount of watch time? Are like, you quizzing me? I'm not quizzing you. I'm, this is an idea. Like, is this a possible hack to more watch time on YouTube? If you uh, get your viewers in the mindset of like, hey, uh, I talk a little slow sometimes, so you might want to just do the 1.5. Or you could just export your videos always at 50% slower. Slow, and, and then, then force then, them? Yeah, force them. No, don't do that. Or do you think YouTube <laughs> actually do looks at like, like in reality, I watched it for two minutes, but to the system, it looks like I watched it for four minutes. Do you think YouTube actually looks that? I, I don't know. know. That would be an interesting experiment. That is an interesting. I don't know how experiment. to test that though. Don't because we have some? Don't we have some YouTubers who listen? Maybe. Or aren't you a YouTuber? I mean, yeah, he <laughs> should know, but he idea, just admitted though. that he doesn't. But I just don't. I don't know how to test it. Did you just think of that just now, or have you been kind of? I thought about, about that, that like uh, two days ago, and I'm like, I should bring that up on the show. Is and there? I just a, thought of. Is it. there a way to test it? I mean, I, I guess if I opened up a private channel. I'd have to start a brand new account with one video that only I have access to and well, like watch no, it well, once. Well, maybe. Think about this, though. If you take, uh, let's see, if you have a video 
you should have an average watch time, right? Yeah. So if you have an average watch time, which is not necessarily based on the information given in the video, but it's based on the person's attention span, yep. the attention span doesn't change just because uh, the sound is going faster. So it should you should see on videos that you are telling people to go faster on that they're actually watching more if YouTube counts that yeah. towards their time watched. Well, that's what I'm wondering. So do it. You can, you can, you don't have to just, just uh, do it in your next video or your next couple of videos. And if you're, that's too, I have time watched goes up. You can, yeah. you can, a more accurate test though, would be to open up a fresh YouTube account. One video that only I watch, I make it four minutes and then I speed it up two times and I watch it for two minutes and I leave. Then I go to the analytics and does it show two minutes watched or does it show four? Would it show analytics for one video and one user after? I or, think it should like after like, Two days, two days. Why would it take? There's two like days? there's usually like a there's a lag. 24 to 48 hour delay. My question like is, analytics. do they wait until they have a statistically uh, significant, significant amount of people who watch in order? Yeah, to Yeah, for you average analytics? watch time, yeah. But I'm just looking at watch time period. Like, oh, four minutes of your video was watched when really, nah, it was only two. Why do you even need to do the first four minute video? Why don't you just put a two minute video or a four minute video sped up to? 2x and see if it counts as four minutes like sped up in like premiere no 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 like as you're watching it you do 2x oh i see yeah i could do that as yeah. well I don't know, i'll tell I'll, I'll try to test it so there's your idea anyone listening potential game-changing youtube hack for your small business to get that watch time up to get those subs start selling that merch <laughs> nice all right. LoganPaul.com slash shop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's your first trivia question, which is also a quote from a, a woman named Marla Contreras Sweet. What creates two out of three net new American jobs, produces close to half of our nation's goods and services, and can be found coast to coast in every small town, big city, and rural enclave? Water. Gas. You think water contributes to uh, two out of three net new American jobs? I'm going to say some sort of like food service. Small businesses. Small businesses. I kind of gave it away. Yeah. And maybe yeah. what we were that planning little, on talking I thought, about. I thought we were going more specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was dialing Like, in. oh, it's oil, coal. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oil and coal, those are like the opposite <laughs> of small business. <laughs> Small businesses create two out of three net new American jobs. They produce close to half of our nation's goods and services and can be found coast to coast in every small town, big city, and rural enclave. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Small businesses. For your information, 93% of online experiences begin with a search engine. Does that blow your mind at all? 47% of people click on one of the first three listings on Google. Okay? That seems low. Does it seem low to you? Yeah. I think this is actually high. It used like when we first started at at uh, 97 floor, the studies that were coming out at that time were around 40 around 40%. Yeah, wasn't it like 39? Oh, my bad. You know what? I'm thinking the first result by itself mm, yeah. was about 40% with the addition of uh snippets people also ask yeah, local snack packs, whatever you want to call them, those numbers have has have significantly dropped. 
but uh, but this makes more sense. Talking about the first three listings, 47%, it does now seem a little bit lower. Uh, while 77% of small businesses say they use social media in their marketing strategy, only 30% of small businesses seriously invest in social media marketing. Sad. <laughs> so, Brandon, you're also a small business owner. I'm everything you you're want everything, me to be. You're everything, man. You're everything I don't want you to be. <laughs> You've got your hand in so many, in so many projects, 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 cookie jars. Mm-hmm. Tell me this, Brandon. Let's go back to your market campus days. By the way, how's that going? Got some good stuff cooking up. Is that true? That is true. Really? You, yeah. Any you sneak still peeks market for campus the show? Stuff. No sneak peeks. Oh, give us some sneak peeks. Come on. Are you serious? <laughs> because, partly because there's like three different uh, paths, and I'm deciding on one of those three. Okay. But, uh, tell us a... what the three are, but don't tell us what no, the... No. What... Are you serious? Tell us one of them, then. I'll give you a little snippet afterwards. After what? After the recording. All right, let me... I'm, We're not ready to go live with this yet. Hang on. I, I just stopped recording. Go ahead. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you think about that? You ask a small business owner, how important is social media to your business? According to this, 77% will say, yeah, that's really important. But then you ask, well, are you doing it? And they, And then only half of those people... Say yeah, I'm actually doing something about that. Yep. What is that? What is that? What What are the implications to small business owners who are currently listening to to this right now? Well, quickly, I just gave a presentation on Google Home service ads to small business owners, and uh, two little fun snippets and facts. There are two trillion Google searches a year. That's from Google, and 46 percent of all those searches on Google are local focused searches, and that's from HubSpot. So how many, means- how many Google searches? are unique every day there's a lot roughly 18 percent 18 percent have been searched for the first time ever is that so crazy i mean i don't know that that was last time i saw that statistic was a few years ago but you would think that that percentage would slowly go down but then you have more people using the internet that's true so might maintain so if you're a small business owner and you think social media is important and you're not doing anything about it you are human you're in the majority I think it's, we see that trend in everything. Everyone, yeah. is exercise important? Is eating healthy important? Absolutely. Uh, so what did you just eat? Oh, I just came back from McDonald's. Everyone recognizes that this is where they First need to all, be. But then McDonald's is going to sue us for you saying that. Well, that's true. They have a healthy options. <laughs> Let's be more specific. The guy just came back from eating three Big Macs <laughs> more <specific>. himself. <laughs> Not necessarily the healthiest choice. So, so here, here's, here's, here are my thoughts. If you're a small business owner and you're listening to this and you're not on social media, if you, t- if you make the choice to go on social media and heavily invest in social, you are now going above and beyond s- more than 70% of other small bi- your competitors. They're, based on these statistics, your competitors will lag behind if you start investing in social media. It's time, man. It's all about time. A lot of people think it's small business owners don't have the money, which, yeah, that's true to a sense, but... Social media, especially, there is so much you can do for free well, if you just dedicate yeah, the time. That's that's true. So here's here's my next trivia question for you guys: What percent of the U.S. Popula- population has at least one social media profile? Active or just they've created one? Mm, unknown of the U.S. population, including of the US children. Population. Probably you'd probably including don't know anyone that. has uh, at least one social media profile. I'm going to say ninety-one uh, percent. 
John? I'm going to go a little more conservative, 86. 81%. Mm. Okay, if this was the price is right, you both would be losers. Oh, that's right. You can't go over. Yeah. 81% of the entire U.S. population has at least one social media profile. What does this mean? It means if you're a small business and you, wanna, you want to uh, get some business, social media is where you need to be. Okay. Last it's also very noisy, media. though. Okay. Studies show that between 70 and 80% of people research a company online before visiting the small business or making a purchase with them. True. So this falls under reputation management. Do you guys have experience in reputation management? Yes, yes. sir. We can call it rep man. So there are three elements of reputation management that all business owners should be aware of. One, SERP management. That means if, if someone searches your brand on Google, that there's not anything negative that they can find. If there is, you want to do SERP management, which falls under rep man, reputation management. The second type of reputation management is online reviews and ratings. Okay, this is, this is probably the most popular. This is the one that this is talking about where 70, 80% of people are researching a company. They're researching a company looking for reviews and ratings. Uh, so let's dig into that a little. First of all, what type do you have? Are you cert management guy? Do you do cert management? Do you, I do. So that's, that's your area. Brandon, what'd you say about, do you do Retman at all? Yeah. Are you, do you do Retman at Dev Mountain? Yeah. Like what type? Uh, well, I mean, like reviews are a huge for our industry. So monitoring reviews. What do you um, use? Um, to to monitor. Uh, a lot of it is just built in, like you know your basic uh, Google alerts and whatnot. We have software that helps. We we work with a competitor to Podium um, that does essentially the kind of the same. Who is it? Thing uh, they're called Opinion with two eyes. Okay, they're very small. Um, but uh, did you used to work with Podium? No, it's funny. Podium, the the founders of Podium graduated from Dev Mountain. That's where they learned to code. And then they started Podium, and we went to go work with them and uh, did not get any type of love back. And it was just very expensive because they're focused on enterprise. Um, That's not. But uh, so we went with another competitor who approached us. But we do that, which has helped like a big time bring in because we're able to get a lot of feedback and whatnot. So monitoring negative reviews, then trying to find those. But, uh, I've learned when people post negative reviews, which every business owner is going to have, it's always that question of, do I respond? Do I not respond? If I do, how do I do it? And my philosophy has always been in, in most people like, or most of the reviews we respond to, it's not necessarily to change that person's mind because you can tell they're dead set on yep. hating your company. Yeah. It's more so to at least place the doubt to the person reading that review that maybe this isn't the most legitimate review. So simply by bringing up stuff, hey, according to our records, we're having a hard time finding you in our system. Uh, are you maybe thinking of another boot camp? Or, hey, well, we actually noticed that you had some uh, student policy issues and you violated a lot of stuff. We'd love to talk about this off. And so that you just place that thought into the reader's mind. So you always place the blame on the person complaining. Sure. If if there is blame, obviously if there's something that you legitimately did wrong, then you can admit that. But more like whenever I read negative reviews, then I always like click in the response. How did the manager respond? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe I shouldn't. This person does sound crazy because it sounds like this. No, I agree. I think so. For us reviews, primarily, there's not a lot of like, no one's writing articles. Like we're not like Vivint where it's like, I had a bad experience. I'm going to write this medium post medium. on on how because <laughs> that because that's where our customers go. They yeah. go straight to medium. <laughs> those those young millennials, they love their medium. 
Yeah. But yeah, so, mo- for us, it's mostly reviews and monitoring that. Totally. So the reviews and ratings are one of the biggest things. You can use a platform like Podium, which will uh, sync up to your CRM, and you can send text messages directly to your customers asking them to leave feedback. It's Text messaging has been shown to have uh, far greater response rates than even email. The third portion of reputation management is in social media itself. So this is something that we're at, that we at Vivint are actually looking into right now, social listening platforms. So the difference between social and reviews, even though some social platforms have review portions or review uh, you know spots on, on there for you to for you to leave reviews um, about businesses, social listening tools like Nuvi, which is a, a local Utah uh, company, they are listening for what people are saying to their friends, not to what they're saying necessarily to you. Right, right in a review or to a broader audience. So th- this this allows you to monitor what people are saying, all, kind of behind your back. Right, yep. reviews is like up and up front. Right, these are the people who are brave enough to say I had a terrible experience or I had a great experience, depending on you know what type of experience they had. Uh, cert management is uh, very kind of behind your back. In often cases, it's not even meant for you to see. It's it's meant to who cares. The third one, social, is 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 pretty much like someone talking behind. It goes back to high school. It's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, this person, this company is so lame. But it's not meant for you to necessarily see. So when it talks about 81% of U.S. population being on social platforms, if you're not on social, you're missing a big opportunity. If you want a great company to watch online for social uh, awareness and listening, Check out Wendy's. They kill it online. Their response to people's complaints are spot snarky. on. Well, not on, only snarky, but if you have a, had a bad experience at their restaurant anywhere, they'll reply to you like almost instantly with, if hey. It's almost instantly. It's, it's starting to get a little fishy about whether or not this cool. is automated or not. It's cool. All right. Another question. If you were to ask a small business owner, the average one, or if you want to think about it, you ask 100 small business owners whether word of mouth is more effective to getting new customers than SEO, what what do you think wins out? Do you think they, they think SEO is more important or word of mouth? I'm going to say 9 out of 10 say word of mouth. 8 <laughs> out of 10. 9 out of 10. Okay. If you were to ask 100. Mm. If you are, if 90 you, out of 100. If you were to ask 100 small business owners, you're saying 90. Would say word of mouth is more valuable than yeah, SEO. I agree. 28%. What? Wow. 28% of small businesses say word of mouth is the most effective way to attract new customers. How many do you think say SEO is? Okay. That's a different question. I, I might have misheard it because there's a difference between the number one way, like what's the biggest way to attract customers versus what's the most valuable. Yeah. Like if you were to rely on word of mouth, especially as a small business owner, uh, you're likely never going to get off the ground because you don't have word of mouth starting out. So I may have misinterpreted that. But well, getting new customers, still, that still seems low. Wh- whether you're you've been around a hundred years or one day, attracting new customers is always part of your business model. Yes. So it's not about starting a brand new business. This isn't this isn't about starting a brand new business. This is attracting new customers. So from. One of my uh, recent findings, I have 92% of small businesses think having a website is an effective digital marketing tactic, and 89% think SEO helps as well. Is that close to your Are you findings? saying 89% of the people who said that a website is important? No, 89% of small businesses think SEO helps 
in their digital marketing efforts. Right. It's not even close. Mm. So I'm just going to read this. 28% of small businesses say word of mouth is the most effective way to attract new customers, and 20% say SEO is. So I imagine that that statistic is slightly different because it's coming from folks who already think that websites are important. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I have learned from my experience, even at Dev Mountain, our, like our number one driver of applications is word of mouth, statistically speaking. And, uh, you know, at Mastermind, we were just at that 97th floor, our awesome sponsor. We were just at their conference a couple weeks ago. Seth Godin spoke, and that was one thing that he kind of hit on was using your create diehard fans, and they will do the marketing for you. And that is far more effective than anything else. And so that's kind of one of his principles, right? If you can get 10 people to endorse your brand, that'll do more for you than yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Cause right now saying. marketing is let's spend more money and just keep hitting the same people until they finally are somehow convinced to, to take your product versus when you have someone who's an advocate, like, Oh dude, I love this brand. It's the best. Uh, like I'm way more likely to buy a purple mattress because you came into the podcast one day and we're talking about how awesome the purple mattress was. And had I never heard that, I probably would have never considered purple. That's and a so terrible huge example power. because you didn't buy a purple mattress. Well, uh, well that's because I'm not in the, in the market, market right now. Yeah, I still so. got like a couple years but left in my mattress. So like comparing the Harmon Brothers purple mattress video and then Jacob's testimony. Yeah, the Harmon Brothers does nothing. I mean, that yeah. made me aware of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm aware of what it's a temper or whatever where you have the, all that crap, but I'm much more likely now to actually seriously look into purple because I have someone who I know and trust who has tried out the product and has given an awesome review of it. And so well, let me know when you're ready and I will set up an affiliate and then yes. you can go through my link and I can get a, I don't know what they do. Yes. A few bucks. So focus on customer experience and creating diehard fans as early as you can. And I think that's if you ask my brother DP cheesesteaks, he's done almost no no marketing. My, a lot of it is, oh, have you ha- tried this cheesesteak? Let's go there for lunch, and then it just slowly branches. I think you see that a lot in the food industry. Okay, so this is talking about word of mouth, which, which is as old as as small businesses are, right? Well, the cavemen operated. That's how they did, right? That was the only way they had. We found rock behind tree. You go to tree, <laughs> and then <laughs> who's selling rocks? <laughs> The caveman, caveman behind the tree. <laughs> he, he figured out. Uh, you know, other business. other things happen behind trees. Throw too. a dinosaur. It's <laughs> a horrible caveman impression. <laughs> Not just that, but the dinosaurs didn't exist at the same time, Brandon. Hey, hey. in the cartoons, the cavemen are always like fighting the dinosaur. What are you? What, what are you going back to the Flintstones? <laughs> <laughs> they weren't fighting the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs they were, were like their yeah construction <laughs> workers. <laughs> All right, so we haven't even talked about the craziest part of that statistic, and that's 20% of small business owners think the SEO is effective in uh, gaining new customers. Wait, wasn't it the other way? 70? No, 20%. 20% say it is... 20%, where is it? It says uh, 20% is, is is an effective way to attract new customers. SEO using SEO twenty percent. What was the eighty? There wasn't an eighty. Okay. Oh no, that was his. I don't know what he was talking about. He keeps trying to one twenty percent. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a low number. Obviously, it varies. Twenty percent SEO. I would say if you're a restaurant or something like that, yeah, maybe SEO is not going to be no your biggest thing. No, no, no. But your average no. If you're a restaurant, SEO is going to be huge. 
You think? Especially in the local space. I would say uh, social. I'd say social. Oh, oh, oh okay. So social, <laughs> social hey, is about as high up the funnel as you can get. Yeah, but it's such a visual product. Like it, mm-hmm. it's uh, social is made for people showing what Are they're eating. Are you guys kidding me? Have you been on Google? Yeah, but do you know anything about local? Like, you've got pictures. You, you've got reviews. What's the last without, restaurant without you ever discovered looking, on search, dude? I'm I, I'm the worst person to ask. Okay, well, I, I think you're I find more a place that than... I like, and I never I never go anywhere else. <laughs> but when you do get a new place, it's because a friend told you, or maybe you stumbled upon an Instagram post. Like, dang, that burger okay, looks good. But tell me this: where are you getting directions to this restaurant? You're getting it on Google, sure. But okay? the exposure it, has already uh-huh. been done on another channel. I'm all I'm saying is if Google people does can't close find your sale. restaurant. If pe- oh okay, which means that it, 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 you're using that channel to attract your customers. Google's, By attract, it's not Google saying is attra- the bottom listen, of the funnel listen, is what I'm listen, saying. Listen, listen, Linda, Linda, <laughs> Linda, listen. Linda.com. So this says attract new customers. I, I, I don't think they're using the word attract as a way of like, hey, I'm wearing a skirt, you know, shaking my booty and you're attracted to me. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking to get your attention. I'm looking to gain you as a new customer. So when you tell me that Google closes the deal, that's synonymous with how I'm reading attract new customers. Yeah, but... Yeah, but I don't think <laughs> that's like saying um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. So are we talking? Agree. Listen, Google attracting has, customers or closing customers. It's attracting, which I think well, is I think social man. Attracting is gaining new customers. Like if I was a business because and I only had Google or I could only have social, that's and not I sell even hot the question. Dogs, that's not. I'm the going social. I would too. Holy I ran cow. a food blog. Okay, man. you guys are changing the freaking question now. I ran a food blog, and our social channels were of the biggest concern for all the restaurants we ever went and ate at. They didn't they could care less about our official blog post. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure uh these restaurant owners are so savvy that they can determine what digital marketing uh channel is the best for their business. Yeah, the most thing. of them don't even know that that uh the capabilities of Google. I'm not talking about your normal SERP. I'm talking about local maps. All of it is included. You've got you've got reviews, you've got directions phone number, hours of operation, you have t- uh, times in which it's the most busy. The information enclosed in, in, in Google for a specific business is paramount and could cripple a business if you're not doing it and your competitors are. I will say that Google search for restaurants is much more effective when you're out of town. Like if I'm in Anaheim, California, uh, I don't know anyone there. I'm not following Anaheim restaurant accounts. So I, have to, I heavily rely on, I want donuts, best donuts in Anaheim. That's a case where search is going to pay off. Whereas locally, when uh, Sonder, a good listener of ours, posts about, oh, hey, look boo. at these delicious 180 tacos, that alone, okay, a guy I'd know and trust, that food looks delicious. I'm going there. I don't even need to look at the reviews because this guy just said it's really good and I know him. And social wins locally. Sure, there. sure. I'm not saying that social isn't worth it. I'm We're not also saying... only talking about restaurants. Uh, here. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not saying that's, yeah, holy cow. <laughs> I'm also not so I'm not saying that social isn't something you should be doing. I'm saying 20% of of small business owners think the SEO is uh the most attractive way, sorry, the, the most effective way at attracting new customers and that's blowing my mind. Blowing your mind because you think it's low or you think it's yeah, high. Yeah, it's low. If you want to attract new customers and you're not if you're not putting effort and time and resources and money so the into stat, SEO, then like you're not going to be around. The Google stat doesn't the blow future. my mind. But that's because I know most people don't you're right, value you're right. SEO like they should. The fact that it's only 20% doesn't blow my mind. It's the fact that 
No. That but is if a you're fact. Doing that's SEO, a fact that blows yeah, my mind. It's big I just time. don't think people, like small business owners, they just don't know about SEO, honestly. Yeah, and it's like that's they don't know how to set up a website, and they're just like, yeah. We'll I mean, talk about websites in a second. Listen to this. What percentage of small businesses invest in social media only? Only small businesses. No. no. Or sorry. <laughs> small businesses <laughs> only, only investing of only all channels. Invest. Out of all channels. Only digital channels? Or does it not clarify? It just says. All channels. Small businesses invest in social media only. I'm going to say 39%. 15. 32. Oh, wow. 32%. Price is right. I would have John would have won. Yeah. yeah. 32% of small businesses invest in social media only. 25% are investing in online marketing and only 17% are investing in SEO. L- let me let me try my best to explain the implications here. If you're a small business owner and you're investing in social media only, you're in the wrong. If you're investing in SEO only, you're in the wrong. If you're investing in paid only, you're in the wrong. If you're investing in email only, you're in the wrong. However, I may be a little biased. Would you rather rank number one for the term home automation, which I think you do right now, right? No, we, we don't rank number one. You're close. It's Yeah, we're on the first Would you rather sure. rank number one for home, automa- home automation, Vivint.com, there it is, position one, or would you rather uh, be on an article that ranks number one titled uh, Top 10 uh, Home Automation Products? Where are if we? For someone the list? types in best home automation products and you're on that list somewhere. We're not number one on the list. We're somewhere on the list. You're somewhere on the list. If we're not number one, I would want my website to rank. Okay, let's say it's top three. Three home automation I actually, products. I take that back. I would want to rank number one no matter what. For you're, the home automation? Yeah. I feel like I would rather rank in the article because when I like if I'm looking for a, a home like even like ring and all these products I've bought, it always starts especially when it's an industry I'm not familiar with. It's best whatever, best whatever 2018. And then I just trust that, okay, this editor has done their research. They found the top five. And then from there, I'm going to do my research. But you know what? I think the mentality is that Google is that, uh, does that for you, right? So Google, you say top 10 best in home automation. And whoever ranks number one is Google's way of saying, this is the number one yeah. company, and I don't, they're doing. They're but doing companies it for never you. rank for that term. But best. I don't think uh, consumers, the everyday consumer, is as savvy as you, Brandon. I feel like they tr- they're like Jacob. They trust Google. Hey, home automation. Oh, not just that, but you also you also have to you also have to think about uh, percentage of click through, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm if my website is number one and that article you described is number two, then I'm getting greater click share, right? I have more. Uh, I have more people coming to my website and I can tell them whatever I want. Yeah. If it's some other article, I have to rely on them. But listen, Linda, Linda, listen. Linda.com. Do you guys get that reference? No. No. Oh, you don't? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No wonder. Okay. After this, look up YouTube, Linda, Linda, listen or whatever. Okay. So listen. The path of least resistance. If you send someone to some other website before getting to your website, that's one additional step it takes them to get to your website and purchase. But they're so more confident. The, uh, are they? I am. Are they? How often? What do you think the percentage of people, because I imagine there would be a link to my website from this list. What do you think the percentage of people who read that article will actually click through to that? And if, there, if it's an article of top 10, how many of the other 10 websites are they going to go to 
before they determine which which home security system they should buy? Probably a handful. A handful. Yeah. So now I'm I'm I, I want someone who's interested in my uh, I- industry to go to an article to read about nine of my competitors. I don't think so. Yeah, but at the same time, they're gonna find that post anyway. Like, no one's gonna make the decision based off like, oh, they're number one, and then the, let's click on Vivid. I'm ready to purchase. So they're gonna go back and keep reading. So it's good. There, to be there on is those something lists. to that. There is something to that, right? Like, even if we ranked number one, they're likely going to try and see if they have friends. They'll probably go to Facebook. Hey, I'm looking into Vivid. Anyone here have experiences with them? Which is the last thing we actually want them to do. But uh, I do, I do get what you're saying. But the choices that you gave me. Would you rather be an article, a top 10 list that you're on, or would you rather have your home automation page be on uh, ranking number one? I would choose my website for, for the reasons that I've stated. And you're currently ranking six for home automation. Yeah. Where are we ranking for home security? Let's take <laughs> a look. Are you excited about this? So just to give you an idea, uh, Vivint customers come to Vivint for... Uh, 90% of the time, they're there for home security. Home security makes more than 90% of our sales. Well, you're currently spot two, and spot one is ADT. Yeah. So ADT. We, we, uh, we alternate. We take turns. We're fair like that. That's <laughs> cute. <clears throat> anyway, so 17% are investing in SEO. Again, I, I'm going to reiterate this, uh, this entire episode. If you are not on social media, be on social media. If you're not doing online marketing, including SEO, PPC, email, affiliate, not necessarily affiliate, that's kind of down the road, you should be doing it. Most small businesses are not doing these things. Statistics state that if you do these things, you're more likely to beat out your competition, period. Fair enough. Take that to the bank. All right, guys, 71% of small business owners do their own digital marketing instead of leaving it to the experts. Surprised it's uh, that low. Really? Yeah. Do you think more small business owners should uh, outsource that? Yeah, it's just tough to know who to trust and to afford it. It's true. Yeah. This is really hard because there are a lot of fogies, not fogies, not a lot of fogies in this industry, but there are a lot of phonies. In this industry, a lot of people, uh, a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing, trying to get business for really cheap, uh, selling you snake oil, and it just doesn't work. Uh, interestingly enough, and I'm, I'm slightly embarrassed to, to share this, but I, I feel like I'm in the mood to be a little bit vulnerable with you guys. My brother is an, a lawyer. He owns his own law firm. I was doing his digital marketing for a while, but I I just got burnt out. I I don't like doing it as a full-time job and then going home and doing it some more. But so I told him, I was like, Hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. Uh, but I will help you find some people. And then I've, I referred him to several people and he kind of branched out and and looked for other ones. He has never once had a good experience with any digital marketing, uh, outsourcing he has done. He's outsourced PPC multiple times. He's outsourced his, SEO. Actually, right now, Cole Rebin, you guys know Cole. Cole is doing his SEO, and I think it's going well. Uh, it's pretty new, but it's, I think it's going well. So even if you have a brother who's been in the field and knows people, you can still get screwed over. And it's really, really frustrating. So I understand the pain point of small businesses who have tried countless times to invest in digital marketing and gotten a lemon of an agency doing your work. 
So the best thing you can do, in fact, I have uh, real quickly, because this is a really important um, part of the episode. I pulled up, I pulled up an article. It's on Inc. Magazine, Inc.com. And the question that I asked is how to pick the right digital marketing agency for your business. Because this statistic, 71% of small business owners that, that are doing their own digital marketing, you shouldn't be doing that, right? I mean, you, you can read up on SEO. I mean, I mean, you can read up on people. There's just not enough time for you to take care of your business and at the same time take care of all your digital marketing needs because there's just too much to do. So let me just run through this really quick. How to pick the right digital marketing agency for your business. The first thing, make sure to review results, right? So when I read this, there are uh, small businesses, and I'll use SEO as an example. If an SEO agency comes to you and says, the metric or KPI we're going to use is rankings. Turn and run the other way. Rankings are not what, what you should be focused on. Um, by the way, as I'm reading through this, if you guys have thoughts, um, share them. Well, just coming from an agency perspective, because I work for an agency, it sucks when uh, these small businesses have these terrible experiences because it really does bring the whole industry down. I feel like it, it does. And it just makes our job hard because at 97 floor, I mean, we, we bust our butts for our clients and we really try totally. to get, get results. We get the reputation for being spin doctors, right? Mm-hmm. We, we can take data and spin it any way we want and make it look however we want. One, one other thing I would recommend is get references. So if, if, if you are thinking about working with a company, look for others who have worked with it, <clears throat> look up reviews and things like that. One of the coolest things on this, uh, in this article that I thought was awesome was ask them for, a sample report. So go to this company and say, Hey, how do you do your reporting? Can you send me a sample of what your report looks like? And then, uh, have them send it to you. And then you look through this report and see what they're actually reporting on. Brandon, you made a face like this barely had a thought. No, no thought at that giant semi truck going by our studio. (laughs) Good point, man. It's a big truck. Side note. We are right on university Avenue. We're, we're trying to go for a more urban feel. So we kind of like, the sounds of cars passing by. You've probably heard it throughout the episode. We're gritty. Yeah, we're gritty. Anyway, so uh, get a few sample reports. Have you ever done that? No. Nope. I mean, you work for an agency, but I love that idea. I, I've I've worked with so many outsourced agencies that if and you know what, it's the reports that like you never see those until they do work for you, right? Like, what are they going to report on? But if they can take an existing report, even if it's real, and just kind of redact the company name, that would be so cool to see what they're reporting on, and how much time they spend on the reports. I think a lot of people just having a reporting system is also a good indicator of, oh, this guy like is taking his job seriously. Like He's got well-done reports. They look good. Whereas, oh, yeah, well, I normally just email my clients. Let me throw something together for you. And it's like, well, maybe that's a sign that they might not be super organized, and am I going to get the attention that I deserve? So agencies you're always gonna get reports maybe that's more so when you're the 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 22 year old guy who's just doing freelance yeah i think that's a good gauge of how serious he or she is it's uh, true it's true i mean that's another question that we've referenced in past episodes is whether you should find an agency a freelancer or a uh or hire someone in-house you can go back and i think that episode was called uh in-house versus agency so you can check that out uh, the last thing I'll mention on this list, which comes with a caveat, and that's how do they rank, right? 
So the reason, I mean, they kind of they kind of have a note in here, this keep in mind note. But if you Google keywords related to the services they provide, right, like PPC related keywords or email or whatever you're looking for, and they rank pretty well, I do think that there's an element of uh, validity, like it validates this company because they're doing it, they're doing what they do for others for themselves. Ninety Cent Floor would be a terrible example because they don't do any kind of SEO or kind of market. I mean, they do a little bit, but, but their marketing is relatively new and they've never relied on that. So if you were to search like SEO or digital marketing agency in Utah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't show up. But for others, if, what I would really recommend is actually add a local element to the query, right? So if you're in a specific location and you're looking for an agency locally, which there are a lot of benefits to that, then you tie in, you know, Provo, SEO agency and Provo, whoever's ranking at the top, uh, it shows that they at least know what they're doing for themselves. So it's likely that they'd, they'd be able to uh, give you the same service. On the other hand, it's not always the best indicator. Yeah, because I could, I could probably search Utah SEO and there'll be a lot of notable agencies where it's like, okay, they clearly are good at SEO, but are they just spending all of their time and money on getting them to rank so they can just keep collecting leads and then let those die when they die and then get new clients. So that's still the one issue of that. It's, it's good that they know how to get up there, but the question is, is, will they apply that knowledge to my account? Yeah. And sadly it's not always the case. It's true. My last tip for uh, small business owners picking an agency. Uh, I did this before I was uh, at 90 cent floor. So I worked for an in-house company. We uh, got, three agencies to kind of do a test campaign they all battled out to see who would perform better and on what we wanted and we worked with them for those three months and we found which one had the best results but also which one worked better for us in terms of relationship and then that's the one we ended up going with Hmm. interesting okay so we're running out of time here i've i've just a couple more that i want to blow through here what percent of small businesses do you think do not have a website 40 46% of small businesses don't even have a website. I believe that. Why? That's almost 50%. That's like you line up 100 100 small business owners and you you, you take half of them out and that's how many people don't have a website. You think of all like the mechanics and the, the hot dog stands, like stuff like that, which it just adds up. And a lot of those people, every mechanic I've gone to has never had a website. And half time, I want to walk in there and be like, how about you change my oil for free and I'll set you up a super basic website. And that right there will make a big difference. But yeah, there's just a lot of like one man yeah, businesses. Is worth it to you? No, oil change is like oil 30 change. bucks. If I got in a big wreck, then I'd Oil negotiate. changes for five years. Yeah, free yeah. oil change for a year. So of the 46% that don't have a website, what percent do you think don't do it because of cost? So of the 46%, how many are not doing it because yeah, that's kind of too confusing, expensive. right? Yeah. So of the 40, so you take the 46 out of 100. I'd yeah. say 20% of them. 30. 30% of the 46 people out of 100 say, I, I just, I can't afford it. It's too expensive. Which leads to the question, and this is not answered in the survey. Why don't the other 70% get websites? Don't have time. Yeah. Time, time. or it's too confusing. If you don't have don't time know. for a website, you don't have a time for a small business. You know what I'm saying? 
Last one, 50% of small businesses spend less than $300 per month on online marketing. Less than 300 a month? $300 a month. What percentage? 50. I believe that. How, how, are, how is a small business defined? Like at what point is a small business not small anymore? That's a good question. Do you think Dev Mountain is considered a small business? Mm, no, I'd say we're medium now. So medium, are, are you saying that because there are three sizes of businesses and yes. large is the only other one? So I just Googled definition of small business and they have a featured snippet that says definition of a small business is an independently owned and operated company limited in size and revenue. Limited in size? Yeah, that's relative. A local bakery that employs 10 people is an example of a small business. A manufacturing facility that employs less than 500 people is an example of a small business. I think the fact that we're owned, by, owned a, by Capella, a public traded company yeah, that it's not an changes owned. a little bit. I think you're right. It feels small when you go in, but then we also have all the corporate crap that you have so, to deal so with. So revenue has nothing to do with that? Not in the featured snippet. You that could seems be weird, a, right? Because I mean, you, you could, could be a one-man shop and making billions of dollars, but you're still considered a small, small business? Small business. Is that true? I view a small, like if, yeah, if like Slack, when Slack took off, it was still just a small team. But they're a big name, but I still viewed them as a startup. So it has to do with number of employees. Is that what I'm hearing? That's how I view it. I don't know if that's the correct definition. Can we find a second source on that? And in revenue, depending on the industry. In my mind, I feel like once you get over 50 employees, you're kind of moving into the That's some arbitrary number you just came up with. It's like if you're under 50, you are a small slash. maybe Maybe you should separate small and startup. I don't know. Well, you have to. A startup. Right, because now I think the the usage of startup is also very liberal. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, the more I think about it, I mean, there's companies who have been around for eight years and they're like, "Yeah, so a little startup here." I don't think you're a startup. You're just a small established you just suck company at now doing business. So I found that uh, revenue less than twenty five million small business. What's Dev Mountain at? Um, trying to think if I can say. I don't think I can say on air. <laughs> I'll tell you after. <laughs> Well, hey, any last words? We love small business owners. They make up a good portion of our listeners. We hope this episode was helpful. John, what were you going to say? Love small businesses. I think it's something we should continue to talk about. I love it. Yeah, let's do it. If you've enjoyed this episode or found any value, we invite you to leave a review on iTunes. We'd also appreciate it if you uh, got in touch. You can email us at inbound at belowthefold.io. We respond to almost every email. You can also reach us on social media, Twitter, at BelowTheFold.io. We're also on Facebook. Check us out. That's it. That's a wrap. We'll catch you next week. Boom.